Stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. In March of 2022, we published this video titled The Rise and Fall of Coinbase. We talked about how Coinbase strategically did its direct listing at the peak of the crypto bubble in 2021 to get the highest possible valuation, but their extraordinary profits and high transaction fees they charged to their users were not sustainable. At the time, Coinbase's stock was trading for about $180 per share. As expected, the stock has lost more than half its value since we published that video. And now it looks like we're finally reaching the endgame for the company's inevitable demise. On March 22, 2023, Coinbase announced they had received a Wells notice from the SEC. This is an indication that an enforcement action against Coinbase is imminent. The crux of the allegation is that many of the more than 200 coins listed on Coinbase are unregistered securities and thus it is illegal to facilitate trading in them. Also, Coinbase has a staking feature called Coinbase Earn, where you can earn up to a 6% yield on your crypto holdings. This earn feature may also be considered an unregistered security. Coinbase is already losing huge amounts of money, and they were forced to lay off roughly 40% of their workforce in two rounds of layoffs since last June. If they are forced to delist a large portion of their coins that the SEC considers as securities and end their Coinbase earn program, this could mean the end for the company. Within a week of the SEC sending a Wells notice to Coinbase, the U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission formally charged Binance and its founder with widespread compliance failures and intentionally selling unregistered crypto derivatives to U.S. residents. After the collapse of FTX last year, it has been almost universally expected that regulators would start cracking down harder on the cryptocurrency industry in general. With these two actions against the two largest exchanges in the world, it looks like the hammer is finally coming down. Coinbase is the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the US. In addition to being able to buy and sell Bitcoin, they allowed their customers to trade over 200 altcoins. They also have something called Coinbase Earn, where you can earn staking or DeFi yield on your crypto holdings. The crux of the SEC's case against Coinbase is that many of the crypto coins they offer can be classified as securities. None of these securities have been registered, so Coinbase should not be allowed to facilitate trading in them. Coinbase and their senior management team know that if they are forced to delist a substantial percentage of altcoins that they offer, the decrease in revenue could be catastrophic, so they desperately scramble to come up with a defense strategy. Almost immediately after receiving the Wells notice, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong and Chief Legal Officer Paul Grewal hosted a live Twitter spaces where they explained their defense strategy. First off, they say that they go through a rigorous review process for each coin that they list and make sure to only list coins that are not securities. Secondly, the SEC approved Coinbase to become a public company. At the time of their direct listing, they disclosed all of their listing procedures and the SEC seemed to be fine with it. So why are they coming back and saying there's a problem two years later? Coinbase asserts that it adheres to the Howey test when listing new cryptocurrencies on its exchange. Established in the 1940s, the Howey test is a legal precedent that stipulates that an asset can be classified as a security if it involves an investment of money into a common enterprise, with the expectation of generating profit through the efforts of others. Purchasing cryptocurrencies undoubtedly involves an investment of money, and most investors buy them with the hope of making a profit. However, determining the extent to which a cryptocurrency represents an investment in a common enterprise, and whether the profits stem from the efforts of others can be more challenging to ascertain. Just because Coinbase says that its cryptos aren't securities doesn't necessarily mean that the SEC has to agree. You might believe that you only had one drink and you're completely fine to drive. This doesn't mean the police have to agree. 
so the fact that Coinbase does their own internal review doesn't really give them much protection. The next stage of their defense is that they are a public company. When Coinbase listed its shares on the Nasdaq in early 2021, they had to go through a rigorous listing process with the SEC. This included the filing of an S-1 document with the SEC. The S-1 contains a business description, financial statements, and risk factors of the company. The purpose of the S-1 is so that prospective investors have adequate disclosures about the company before they buy shares. The SEC approved Coinbase's S-1 and allowed them to become a publicly traded company. Coinbase says that they disclosed their business model and listing criteria for coins in their S-1. The SEC reviewed the S-1 and thus knew about all of this. According to Coinbase's logic, because the SEC approved the document, that means that they agreed that Coinbase's business model is above board. It is thus unreasonable for the SEC to change their mind two years later. This line of reasoning exhibits a gross lack of understanding of the S-1 review process. The fact that the SEC approved the S-1 just means that Coinbase gave adequate disclosures about the state of its business and the risk factors associated with buying the company's shares. The approval of the S-1 is not a carte blanche get-out-of-jail-free card for any potential enforcement action the SEC may bring in the future. And Coinbase is fully aware of this. As part of the S-1, they were required to give disclosures about risk factors the business could face in the future. One of the risk factors was a regulatory uncertainty surrounding the crypto industry. Here's a paragraph taken verbatim from their S-1, quote, The complexity and evolving nature of our business and the significant uncertainty surrounding the regulation of the crypto economy requires us to exercise our judgment as to whether certain laws, rules, and regulations apply to us, and it is possible that the governmental bodies and regulators may disagree with our conclusions. To the extent we have not complied with such laws, rules, and regulations, we could be subject to significant fines, revocation of licenses, limitations on our products and services, reputational harm, and other regulatory consequences." Unquote. They may think that the coins they list on their exchange are not securities, but given the novel nature of the crypto industry and relative lack of legal precedent, they knew from the beginning that there could be unforeseen problems. With all that being said, many of the coins that the SEC believes to be unregistered securities have in all likelihood been listed on Coinbase for years. Why has the SEC waited so long to serve Coinbase with a Wells notice? Just because a law enforcement agency knows about an alleged crime and fails to contemporaneously bring enforcement action, does not preclude them from bringing enforcement action in the future. As a completely hypothetical example, let's suppose you operate an unlicensed automobile repair shop where you remove the catalytic converters from people's cars. This allows them to achieve better driving performance. The local police know that you're providing illegal modifications to cars, but they don't bother shutting you down because they have bigger fish to fry. Your repair shop is not a high priority for them. If you perceive this lack of enforcement as tacit permission to continue operating your illegal enterprise, that would be a big mistake. Because a few months later, some of your customers start using their non-street legal cars to go drag racing around the city. This drag racing eventually results in car accidents, which cause severe harms to the community. Now your illegal repair shop becomes a top priority for police, and they immediately come to shut you down. In a similar vein, crypto was not a top priority for the SEC back in 2021. But since the FTX disaster last year, reigning in the crypto industry has become the top priority. Law enforcement agencies, including the SEC, are free to bring down enforcement actions at any time of their choosing. And for Coinbase, that time is imminent. Coinbase says that all the coins on their platform are commodities and are thus not within the jurisdiction of the SEC. The SEC thinks that some of the coins are securities. So who is right? One of the coins you can buy and sell on Coinbase is called Aave. Not only can you buy Aave on Coinbase, you can also stake your Aave coins and earn a 6% yield. So what is Aave and how can you earn that 6%? 
Ave is a for-profit company that was founded by a Finnish man named Stani Kulochov in 2017. They initially created a coin called Ethlend, and in 2020 they changed the name to Ave, which is the Finnish word for ghost. Ave operates a peer-to-peer -peer lending platform for cryptocurrencies. For example, let's say that someone wants to borrow stablecoins such as USDT. They could deposit cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum as collateral. Ave will then match them to an anonymous lender who will lend them the stablecoins. The borrower will pay interest on his borrowings. If the market price of the Ethereum held as collateral decreases, Ave will automatically initiate a margin call and sell the collateral to pay back the lender. It's important to note that all loans on Ave are over collateralized. So if you deposit $100 worth of Ethereum as collateral, you are only able to borrow $80 worth of stablecoins. This is very different from how loans work in traditional finance. Imagine if you wanted to buy a house for $100,000 and the bank required you to post liquid assets worth $120,000 as collateral. This would be absurd because if you had $120,000 of liquid assets, you wouldn't need a mortgage in the first place. Borrowing money on Ave is completely anonymous. The lender has no idea who the borrower is, and thus has no way of ascertaining their credit worthiness. Thus, the only way for this system to work is for loans to be over-collateralized. Because of the over-collateralization, Aave is almost completely useless insofar as facilitating real economic activity. It is used almost exclusively by crypto traders who deposit cryptos to borrow stablecoins, which they use to buy even more speculative cryptocurrencies. This allows them to create a leveraged long position and make a profit if their cryptocurrencies go up. Even though Aave loans are over-collateralized, this does not mean that they are completely safe from a lender's perspective. In the event that the crypto markets suddenly crash, the value of the collateral may fall below the value of the loan before it can be liquidated. This is where the Aave coin comes into play. Aave is a cryptocurrency that the Aave company created. Holders of the Aave coin can deposit them into the Aave safety module. In the event of a loan default, up to 30% of the Aave coins within the safety module can be sold to cover the shortfall. To compensate Aave stakers for the risk, you earn a roughly 6% yield on the coins you deposit into the safety module. The yield is paid in the form of new Aave coins that are created out of thin air. Basically, some guy in Finland created fake monopoly money called Aave coins, which you can deposit into a fund that allows you to earn interest in the form of newly minted monopoly money. As of the time of making this video, an Aave coin is worth more than $80. So what makes this coin valuable? Aave coins have voting rights to approve changes in the Aave protocol's functionality. Also, in addition to receiving new Aave coins which are printed out of thin air, at some point in the future, Aave holders may be entitled to receive a percentage of the fees generated from the lending platform. Although, this would be subject to a governance change voted on by Aave holders. Voting rights, potentially receiving a share of future profits, this all sounds a lot like a common stock such as the ones traded on the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. How Coinbase decided that Aave is not a security is frankly beyond me, but they will have their day in court very soon. Coinbase isn't the only crypto company facing a regulatory crackdown. Binance is the largest and most profitable crypto exchange in the world. Its founder, Changpeng Zhao, or CZ, has an estimated net worth of $34 billion according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. But as we will see, this wealth may not have all come from legitimate means. Binance has two primary platforms. The original Binance, which is hosted on the website Binance.com, allows customers to use huge amounts of leverage and has very relaxed know-your-customer regulations. Because of this, it only operates in jurisdictions with loose financial regulations. It is not allowed to operate in the US. Its second platform is Binance US. Binance US is a spot crypto trading platform that does not offer margin trading or crypto futures. 
it has far more stringent know-your-customer policies, which allow it to comply with the U.S. laws. According to a recent lawsuit filed by the U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission, Binance.com has for years been actively acquiring U.S. customers and working to skirt know-your-customer regulations. U.S. users can use Binance U.S. However, Binance can make far more revenue if the user is on Binance.com instead because of the lucrative commission fees on margin and crypto futures trading. Binance.com did not allow users with U.S.-based IP addresses to trade on Binance.com, but this restriction can easily be bypassed by using a VPN, which can make it look like you're logging in from a different country. Binance actively encouraged U.S. citizens to open Binance.com accounts with VPNs, going so far as to post an article on the Binance Academy website called A Beginner's Guide to VPNs. Stock brokerages and even crypto brokerages in the U.S. and many other countries require new customers to provide pictures of government-issued IDs to confirm their true identity. But Binance didn't require any identity verification at all unless you want to withdraw more than two bitcoins per day. This restriction is pretty meaningless, given that two bitcoins is worth about $60,000 at today's market prices. So as long as you have a VPN, pretty much anyone in the world could trade on Binance.com. Because of this, a large portion of their users came from countries where they are not legally allowed to operate. An internal presentation from July of 2019 said that 19% of their trading revenue came from U.S. customers, making the U.S. their biggest market. Their second biggest market was China, where they are also not allowed to operate. In the summer of 2021, Binance was coming under increasing pressure from various regulators around the world to beef up its know-your-customer procedures. So they implemented mandatory ID verification for all users, not just ones that wanted to withdraw more than two bitcoins per day. However, CZ knew that this would have a severe negative impact on the company's revenue, and he needed a way to mitigate it. In addition to serving individual investors, Binance is also used by crypto hedge funds and high-frequency traders. These institutional clients can have hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars in their Binance account and often execute thousands of trades per day. Binance internally referred to these large customers as VIPs. Just one of these clients could generate millions or even tens of millions of dollars of transaction fees, and many of them were based in the US. After they were forced to tighten up their Know Your Customer protocols, Binance helped these VIP clients set up shell companies in the British Virgin Islands and other tax havens so that they could continue trading on Binance. But why would these US trading firms go through so much trouble to set up shell companies just to trade on Binance? Binance gives their VIP clients, which includes high-frequency trading firms, lower latency access and exceptions to Binance default order messaging limits. This allows them to execute trades a few milliseconds faster than regular Binance customers. While a few milliseconds might not sound like a lot, for high-frequency traders, a small advantage can add up very quickly. This two-tiered system allows the crypto hedge funds and other VIP clients to systematically take advantage of the individual investors they're trading against. But CZ wasn't happy to let the VIP clients have all the fun for themselves. According to the CFTC investigation, CZ owns 300 Binance trading accounts, which were internally referred to as house accounts. He uses these accounts to trade against Binance customers. It's probably safe to assume that these house accounts get the best execution speeds and lowest trade latency of all. But stacking the cards against non-VIP customers is just the tip of the iceberg insofar as Binance's illicit activities. The relaxed know-your-customer protocols have made Binance one of the top choices for cybercriminals around the world to launder their ill-gotten gains. When police are investigating a suspect, they often have the authority to temporarily freeze a suspect's bank and brokerage accounts for 24 hours. 
Binance instructed the VIP customer service team that in such circumstances, as soon as the account is unfrozen, they are to contact the VIP client and inform him or her that their account has been frozen and is being investigated by law enforcement. They are not allowed to tell the client to run, but if they are smart, they'll get the hint. Basically, they are helping their VIP clients to evade arrest if they are being investigated. This shows the type of clients that Binance catered towards, and it gets even worse. The Hydra Market was a Russian-language dark web marketplace that operated between 2015 and 2022. This website connected buyers and sellers of narcotics, money laundering services, and other illicit products. It was one of the most successful dark web marketplaces in history, generating over $5 billion of lifetime sales. According to a Reuters investigation, between 2017 and 2022, Binance facilitated at least $780 million worth of Hydra-related transactions. Binance has consistently denied that they are a haven for illicit transactions, but the CFTC alleges that Binance executives at the highest levels knew otherwise. In 2020, a compliance employee at Binance notified Binance's chief compliance officer, Samuel Lim, about a customer who recently executed $5 million of highly suspicious transactions. He asked Lim if they should offboard the client or just tell him to delete his existing account and make a new one. Lim responded, quote, let him know to be careful with his flow of funds, especially from Darknet like Hydra. He can come back with a new account, but his current one has to go. It's tainted." Unquote. So when they suspect a customer is transacting on illicit dark web marketplaces like Hydra, instead of reporting them to the authorities, they help to cover it up. For the past few years, the crypto economy has operated like the Wild West, with little to no regulatory oversight. But this unregulated party is now coming to an end. Many crypto advocates, including Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, complain that if regulators crack down on crypto, they will be stifling innovation and putting the US at a competitive disadvantage compared to other crypto-friendly jurisdictions. However, there is very little evidence to support this claim. Perhaps the single most Bitcoin-friendly country in the world is El Salvador, which has even gone so far as to declare Bitcoin as legal tender. Their Bitcoin experiment has been a complete disaster, and the country is now on the brink of bankruptcy. You can learn more by watching this video here. Other crypto bulls like Kathy Wood say that crypto will disrupt the traditional banking industry. At the 2022 Bitcoin conference, she said banks have a big problem. They're losing talent to crypto, so they're having to raise wages to attract talent. And they're also losing business to DeFi. Lending and saving, a lot of it is taking place in DeFi right now. As usual, Kathy Wood was dead wrong. In 2022, the crypto industry laid off over 5,000 workers, and these layoffs have accelerated in 2023. And as we've seen with the Aave example, DeFi is only useful for crypto speculators to take on leverage. It has zero connection to the real economy. The idea that DeFi poses any competitive threat to traditional banks is absurd. As we've said on this channel many times, the entire crypto industry is a giant casino with zero economic utility. And it's not just us saying this. The Bank of International Settlements conducted a study and found an almost one-to-one -one correlation between the price of Bitcoin and the number of daily active users on crypto apps. This indicates that the vast majority of people who own crypto are speculators who buy high and sell low. This explains why an estimated 80% of crypto investors have incurred a net trading loss. Hopefully, this serves as a wake-up call to crypto investors. The crypto industry is not your friend. And the sooner that we as a society can throw this disastrous crypto experiment into the trash bin of history, the better. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.